Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, you, we got you trained pretty good. Second time. All right. Good. Thanks for being here today. Another beautiful day God has given us. We want to uh, make the most of it. Thanks for being here today. Part two. Everyone bring one series. Uh, getting ready for 21st of May. Did I do that right? Uh, everybody bring one. Friend day family and friend day. And we're going to uh, deal with that again today. John chapter 1 has an example of what we're talking about today. You've read this many times. But we're going to look at it again today. John chapter 1, starting at verse 35. Before we do that, let's look to God in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for saving us. Thank you for leading us here today. Thank you for calling our name. Somebody took the time, effort to talk to me and to us about you. Lord, let us carry that on with this message today. And God, help us to feel this need greatly. I pray in Christ's name. John chapter 1, starting verse 35. Again the next day, John was standing with his two disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? What a, my mind is a stupid thing to ask, but let's look at this for a little bit. We'll talk more about it. He said to them, here it, go, here it comes, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour, that's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. What did he do? He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, Hey, we found the Messiah, which means translated to Christ. We have found the Messiah. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You should be called Cephas, which translated Peter, or the rock. The next day he purposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. More likely they knew each other. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, Hey, we have found him who Moses and the law and all the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel said to him, uh, Any good thing come out of Nazareth? You know, that's the other side of the town, you know. 
We don't mess with those people. Philip said, come and see. Jesus answered Nathanael coming to him. Saul, Nathanael coming to him. And he said to him, behold, Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said, how do you know me? Jesus answered said to him, before Philip called you, you were underneath the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Well, let's talk about this for a little bit. This is the second time that Jesus was pointed out by John the Baptist. If you look out back in chapter 1, verse 29... John the Baptist pointed out Jesus the first time. There he is. But the next day, starting there, verse 35, Jesus was walking by. John the Baptist was there with two of his disciples that we know of, Peter and John. And he points them out. He identifies them in the midst of the crowd. And then, then he, he said to his own followers, here he is. There he is. That is him, the Lamb of God. In verse 37, we observe that, that, that the, the disciples of John the Baptist leaves him and starts following Jesus. And, and now, uh, we find that he got his job done. John the Baptist's only purpose in life was to prepare the way for Christ. Other scriptures talk about John the Baptist saying, hey, I'm not worthy to tie his shoe. I'm not even worthy to do that. I must decrease. There he is, the Lamb of God. Go follow him. He has all the answers. Well, uh, verse 38. As these two disciples approach Jesus, he turns and asks them a penetrating question. What do you seek? All right, now, what? let's investigate that for a little bit. For many hundreds of years, the Jews had sought their Messiah. The Jews thought he was going to be a political deliverer, a reliever of oppression, an earthly king. But now Jesus wants to know, for what type of Messiah are you looking for? What's your motivation, Andrew? John, recognition, prestige, popularity. What's your motivation? Motives reveal sincerity. And in Jesus' question, there's a hidden answer. He is the fulfillment of the true seeker. He is the answer to the genuine seeker. Every, everything that an individual seeks can be found in Christ. And Jesus was simply asking, why are, why are you seeking? They found it in Christ. You know, as the world seeks for fulfillment and contentment, they search all in the wrong places. They look to money, power, drugs, alcohol, sex, other false avenues of contentment. They're searching in the wrong direction. 
genuine and lasting satisfaction only comes in Christ Jesus. What are you seeking this morning? Happiness? Contentment? Peace? Stability in a shaky marriage? Answer to life's questions? Friend, I want you to know today fulfillment is found only in Christ. He has the answer. Every problem we have. Well, the question they they answer with the question. The two disciples that were John the Baptist turned to Jesus, and Jesus turned around and said, oh, what do you seek? And he, they, he, those two answer with another question. But reveals their true desire. They said, Jesus, what are you saying tonight? Well, why would they want to do that? It's my feelings. I may be all wrong, but they wanted to spend time with Jesus. They wanted to spend some time to know him better. They had spent time with John the Baptist. Now they wanted to spend time with Jesus. They were going to become better acquainted with him. The motives appear to be pure and genuine. I believe that's true. And what was Jesus' response? Come, and you will see. Come and you will see. This is an open invitation for them to spend time getting to know him. Come with me and you will see. The call is to come to a call to a relationship. It's called discipleship. It's a call to have your eyes open to God's truth. It's a call that came is a call to a transformation to the following Christ Jesus. Disciples answered the call and came, and sure enough, their lives were transformed. Here's a statement I want to make. Listen, please. When you spend time with Jesus, you will not be the same. You won't be the same. You spend time getting to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not be the same. As a result of this time with Jesus, one of the disciples, Andrew, realized that he must share his good news with his brother, Simon. Immediately, the Bible says, first he went and found his brother to share the wonderful news. We have found the Messiah. Finally, he's here. All these years have been waiting for the Messiah. We have found him. He was excited. Well, let's look at Andrew for a little bit. Uh, he brought his brother Simon come and see didn't do any teaching whatsoever now we find Andrew always bringing people to Jesus in chapter 6 verse 8 he brings a lad to Jesus who has five loaves and two fish that was Andrew remember the feeding of 5,000 Andrew brought that young man in John 12 verse 22 Andrew brings a bunch of Greek people to Jesus. Let me just put it this way. Andrew was an aid, helper, to bring others to Jesus. Well, Andrew never received attention. His brother Simon did, Simon Peter. But he was faithful to his calling. 
He brought others to Jesus, and he was not in the spotlight, but he did fulfill to bring others to him. His purpose was that. He did not see the recognition of some of the others, but he was committed to bring others to Christ. Now, what's that mean? There's what it means. We need some Andrews. Some people who will commit it to bring others to Jesus. And just say, come and see. We need some older Andrews. This morning, if you happen to notice in the three tables in the back, there was a distinct difference age-wise. You looked over in this corner, and there are a bunch of white-headed people. We need some older Andrews. And we need some young Andrews. And we need some teen Andrews. And we need some mom and dad Andrews. And we need a grandma and grandpa and father, grandfather Andrews. We need Sunday school teacher Andrews. We need people who are committed to bring others to Christ. Can you picture Andrew? I have to tell Peter. I have to tell him my good news right now. Watch his news. We have found the Messiah. The title Messiah means an anointed one. And if Jesus was the one who was the great high priest who would offer his final sacrifice for sin, his own life. Andrew was excited to share the news with his brother Simon. I have found him. I have found the Messiah. He is here and we have found him. And he brought him to Jesus. And that says it all. He simply brought Simon to Christ. That's all Andrew knew to do. He did not have a college education in theology. All he knew how to do was bring people to Christ. Come and see. Everyone bring one. Being an Andrew doesn't involve fancy evangelism methods or memorizing lots of scripture so you don't make mistakes. Being an Andrew means getting them to Christ. Come and see. Allow Jesus to make the transformation. You and I just need to be faithful to bring them to Christ. Why? Guess what? I can't change people. Guess what? Neither can you. But Christ can. That's the point. Christ can. We cannot make unfaithful spouses quit cheating. But Christ can. We cannot make alcoholics quit their drinking. But Christ can. We cannot make drug addicts quit using. But Christ can. We cannot make abusive parents quit their violence, but Christ can. Our job is to get them to Christ. Come and see. Jesus looked at Peter. Uh, I'm going to call you the rock from now on. What? This loud mouthed, contentious Peter? He's going to be the rock? Not yet. 
But Andrew did what? Brought his brother. So Christ can change Peter. And he did. This rugged man, always loud mouth, always outspoken, became the solid rock eventually. Certainly Jesus sees us for our potential too. He says he sees what we can be in him. We just need to get him to Christ. I've always desired to bring a Simon Peter to church, to Christ. Wow. But that's okay. I may never. But I just bring other people, as many as I can, and so can you. Jesus saw them for their potential. The come and see evangelism uh, continues. The third day, Jesus is going to Galilee and he uh, finds Philip. He says, Philip, I, I, I want you to follow me. Oh, Philip just jumped up and here he followed Christ. I'm sure there's, there were some former associations before that. But his immediate response, what did Philip do? He went and found Nathaniel. And testifies him of the same thing. We have found him. One about whom Moses and the prophets spoke. Jesus and Nazarene. We have found him. Now Nathaniel was a different guy than Simon Peter. Nathaniel was one of those guys that said. Uh, oh I don't know about that. I doubt it. I don't think you found the Messiah. We've been looking for him for years. And you're saying Philip that you found him? Yeah I did. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? No, I don't think so. Nathan's scathing question reveals the Galileans' disgust for Nazarenes. Nathaniel had some prejudice issues, didn't he? He did not respond in immediate faith. So what does Philip do? He quit. Give in. Shy away. Throw in the towel? No. The only thing he does is the only thing he knows what to do. He replies, come and see. I don't have all the answers, Philip said, but you need to come and see Christ. Philip also said, your skepticism will not prevent my witnessing. Come and see. Once again, Jesus in control and uh, identifies Nathan hey I, I know all about you Nathaniel I, I know about you you were sitting under the fig tree when, when Philip called you I, I knew that I know all about you I'm, I'm a man with no deceit in you how do you know me yeah you've got to be the Christ you are the son of God the king of Israel only the son of God can know this you must be him Friend, when we bring people to Jesus, we are privileged to see God's work here on earth. <coughs> we are given the opportunity to witness God working in the lives of creation. God has revealed through his people what testimony. It's called Come and See Evangelism. What does this text teach us about personal evangelism? Well, the principles of come and see. I saw this the other day. I got to bring it to you. 
Of the 40 people who were suffering that Jesus healed, 40 cases of it, 34 were brought to him by friends or Jesus was taken to them. Six of them unassisted. So what's that tell you? Somebody had to bring them. Somebody had to say, come and see. Does this work today? It worked back then. What about today? Yes, it does. We're going to see a picture of a church building in Texas. On Alaska, Texas. Right there. They had a friend day. Last August 16th. This is what it said. Gary Bodine is the preacher there. August 14th. I said 16th. August 14th, 2016. A city of 1,700 people. Pretty small. Their average attendance, attendance on a Sunday is 50. That's all. They had a friend day, and that friend day, that August day, they had 107 people there. With this come and see evangelism. 107. There were 52 members and 55 guests. Wow. All right, let's do the math here. I don't know how many there are of us here this morning. I'm going to say 70. Am I, am I about right? Uh, somebody help me here. Our friend day, May 21st, that means 140. We're going to have standing room only in here. Wouldn't that be a neat problem? It can't happen. And Gary Bodine, the preacher there, said they did all kinds of advertising, but he said there's one that stood out. One person telling another. They did all kinds of advertising. In the paper and on the radio and all kinds of stuff, but the one thing that stood out, somebody brought one. Everybody brought one. I thought that was very interesting. Now, what's all this mean? Number one this morning, I want to talk about this. Who should come? Friend, if you're a Christian here today, even if you're not, you have a prospect. Who should come? For John the Baptist, it was his disciples. For Andrew, it was his brother. For Philip, it was Nathaniel. For you, it's someone different. It may be a family member. It may be a friend. <coughs> it may be a co-worker or a neighbor. But, hear this please. But, for it, but there is someone for everyone. There is someone for everyone. What have we got to do? We got to recognize them. Think about them right now. Think about who God is placing in your heart right now. Recognize your prospect. That person may be a seeker or someone searching for the answer. That person may be a skeptic. Nathaniel, any good thing come out of Nazareth? Whoever they are, whatever their attitude may be, recognize them. What do you mean? In your mind, they are your prospect. 
Each Christian has one. As a matter of fact, every Christian should have many. But right now, I just want you to pick out one in particular. The first step to come and see evangelism is to recognize your prospect. Think about them. Could be someone's spouse, a child, a brother, a sister, relative. Could be a neighbor, co-worker, an acquaintance, a friend. Recognize them. Number two, why should they come? No, that's number three. Number two, who should they see? I, 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 this is important to me. We need to recognize who they are, but we need to refer them. After you identify your prospect, your task is to point them to Christ. Your words are simple. Come and see. Many are searching. Many are skeptical. But whatever the case may be, your responsibility is simple. Point them to Christ. John the Baptist did. He said, behold, there he is, the Lamb of God. Andrew did it. He said, we have found the Messiah to his brother Peter. Philip did it to Nathaniel. We found him when Moses and the prophets wrote, friend, you can do it too. Point them to Jesus. Point them to the rabbi, the great teacher who has answers for life's problem. Point them to the Messiah, the King of Israel, the one who came to provide hope for his people. Point them to Jesus, the Son of Man, the one who lived a sinless life and died as a criminal for our sins. Point them to the Son of God, God robed in, the, robed in flesh. Point them to Christ and tell them who he is. You must refer them to a person. That person needs to be Jesus Christ. Programs are good. But do they change lives? A moral lifestyle is good. But does, it does not change the persons inter, internally. Church is good. Oh, yeah, it is. Sunday school is good. But do they change lives? We need to point people to Christ. If we point them to church and fail to give them Jesus, we have failed. If we encourage them to live a good life and fail to point them to Christ, we have failed. If we feed their hungry stomachs but fail to give them Jesus, we have failed. <laughs> like a, a little boy that went to church Sunday school for the first time. Never been to church for his life. Never been to Sunday school. He went for the first time. And he said, well, who was your teacher? He was asked. I don't know what her name was, but she must have been Jesus' grandmother. She, she did not talk about anybody else. No, that's Christ. We must refer them to Christ. Come and see. That is a testimony of the believer. Refer to them. Refer them to a person. Number three, why should they come? What's the purpose of coming? The come and see evangelism. What is it? 
Why is it important? John 14, 6. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Christ Jesus. And it's important to point Christ. Jesus in people's minds. There's no hope of eternal life outside of him. But there's another reason. And it's important. We have another purpose. We should get people to Jesus because Jesus changes lives. Jesus takes Cephas and makes him a Peter. Jesus takes the sinner and makes him a saint. Jesus takes the drunkard and makes him sober. Jesus takes a prostitute and makes her clean. Jesus takes the spiritually sick and makes them well. Jesus takes the spiritually blind and makes them see. Jesus takes the dirty and makes them clean. Jesus takes the unclean and makes them pure. Jesus changes lives. I believe that is why Andrew had to tell Simon and Philip had to tell Nathaniel because Jesus changes lives. And when Jesus changes your life, you want to tell others. You want your family to know. You want others to know. You want to tell people about Christ. That's the purpose. Come and see evangelism. It's very simple. Recognize, think about them right now. Uh, direct that person to Christ. And remember the purpose. Christ changes lives. We need some Andrews and some Phillips here. We need some believers who will determine by God's grace, I will bring one person to Jesus. Can you imagine how Andrew felt? seeing his brother come to Christ and then later what he did whoa Philip compels us to remember that God uses ordinary people to bring others to Christ others who make a huge impact for the cause of Christ there are those people but we need to determine this morning right now I will bring one I'm going to invite my prospect to come and see. Evangelism is usually advanced one person to one person, one at a time, reaching one at a time. Here, what I want to say to you. On May 21st, Family Friend Day. I put the challenge to you. I want every one of you to determine in your heart I want to bring somebody to church that morning. We need to point them to Christ. He saves but he also changes. Friend, I want us to be able to do that and determine that right now. And we'll be talking about it we're not going to forget about this. This is going to be the end of this. We need to reach one person at a time. Come and see evangelism. We're going to see a video now about this. And please.
Thank you for listening today. Please consider what we've said. May 21st, I want every one of these seats filled. And uh, what a great time that will be. Let's look to God in word of prayer. Father, thank you for being our God today. Thank for the privilege to take your message, your saving grace to others. Father, would you please lay it upon every one of our hearts and then to bring just one to you. Please let this ring in our minds and our hearts today forever. I pray in Christ's name.